Welcome to our Melanin Hughes podcast. We are women of color who are physicians and psychologists empowering our communities through candid conversations about their physical and emotional health. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Eunice Blackman. Hi, and I'm Dr. Kenesha Campbell. Hi, Dr. Leela Morrow. Hi, Dr. Chanel Richards. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to our episode, Does Love Still Live Here? Navigating Love and Relationships During the Pandemic, Part 2. How are you all doing? Hello. Hey. It's been a while since we've chatted. I know. I've been doing, I think, pretty good. You know, managing life and work and a child. What about you, Mm -hmm. ladies? Same here. You know, work, relationships, and a grown child. Pushing through. <laughs> Pushing through. Pushing through, Chanel. Yeah. Pushing through. How's your new house? It's good. Things have settled. It's just about navigating these kids and COVID and emails every five minutes. Yeah, I hear you. Doing too much. Not enough time. Well, this we... house is gorgeous. It looks like mm. it came out of a magazine. So right. she's, she's like, oh, it's settling in. It's beautiful. <laughs> I want to be Chanel when I grow up. Yep, yeah, seriously. Very nice. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Well, we are here today to talk about Does Love Still Live Here? Navigating Love and Relationships Part 2. So we did this topic back in February, and we wanted to end the year on a nice note, really celebrating our, our relationships as we've gone through another year, and it's been pretty challenging. Um, so today, I just want to hear from you all more about what you've been through in your relationships. Well, so you guys know that we're in booed up season, right? It's amongst us. And this is a time of the year where, um, you know, those confident singles, they want to be paired up with somebody. Mm-hmm. We all people are, you know, nobody wants to go out in the cold, crispy cold and, you know, don't have a, a warm hand to, to snuggle up to. So this is what I, I don't know if the kids are still calling it booed up season or a cuffing season. What do you guys call it? You know, in the the wintertime when everybody wants to be paired up. It's cuddle season, you know. Mm, You want to be cuddled or huddled up. What Mm -hmm. is it, Netflix and chill? Yeah. (laughs) Stay at home under the covers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I challenge our our listeners to, you know, leave us a message about what they call this particular season. But I always find it so interesting that all of a sudden there's all these lovebirds going around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they might not be real, but, you know, they're trying. I think it's a tough time. It's getting darker earlier, colder in many places. It's it's hard. We're just wanting to be with people and sometimes we can't be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, there were definitely, I think, lots of breakups and things like that. But I feel like now people have learned, really adjusted and kind of learned how to really cultivate meaningful relationships. And I think you could even go back before COVID, right? Because pre-COVID, there was all this dating fatigue. People were kind of over dating in the dating apps. And now I think during COVID, a lot of people have just realized that they want that physical touch and need the support of a relationship in their lives. What are the numbers saying in terms of pre-COVID and now COVID with breakups and stuff? So that's a great point, Eunice. Um, The New York Times had an article that said that in 2020, they called it the year of breakup. So to your point, and there was a survey of about 3000 people from September 2020. 
they reported nearly twice as many breakups between January and September of 2020 when they compared it with the data from 2019. Right now, we don't know, obviously, in 2021, that research hasn't come out yet, but the chief marketing officer for OkCupid said that they've definitely seen a bump in users who had a COVID romance or their COVID boo for some of us and are now single again. You know, it's really interesting because I think more people are okay with being out and about. And uh, I think we're just seeing that play out in uh, these online dating websites. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I had my COVID boo back in the day that, thank (laughs) God, that is over with. Honestly, I think people have learned a lot about dating, like I said. And I think people, like you said, Eunice, really are craving um, and yearning for kind of that uh, emotional connection and physical touch. And they really are able to think about what's really important when they're looking for a partner. I looked at an article in the Washington Post and, you know, there were lots of kind of dating tips that people really kind of learn during the pandemic that have helped them and continue to help them, even though things are opening back up, at least they're open up for a while. So one thing is they're basically saying virtual dating is like a thing that's probably going to continue for a while. So people love the idea of having like that screening date before you see the person, you can actually like see, do I, am I attracted to this person? Do we have anything in common? Can we hold a conversation? So, I mean, that's actually a remnant, I think, of the pandemic that will probably stick around, probably similar to our teams and Zoom meetings at work. That has me thinking about why, you know, we saw between January and September, a lot of those made connections early in COVID broke up. Do you guys think that maybe a lot of these people rushed into a relationship and didn't really get to take the time to know the person? Because after the second you know, maybe I saw you and, and date, if they were ready to just kind of have some type of connection because, you know, everybody was kind of lonely doing COVID. What do you guys think? I just think like the stages, like in terms of the stages of the relationship, it got fast forwarded for COVID because we had to isolate. Then people were just like, well, we can't really be going out like that. So we might as well kind of live together. And then once that whole mandate lifted, and people were like interacting and in real life again, people reassessed the situation and it wasn't necessarily what they liked or, or what they wanted. And so, you know, it, it's just about the progression in terms of the stages of the relationship. It got fast forwarded because of the condition of needing to be at home together. I definitely have friends who did that. Like they definitely probably wouldn't have lived together so soon pre-pandemic, but then mm-hmm. it's like, well, you have, to, you kind of have to. And then, if you, if you want that connection, then what are you going to, what better thing to do than to move in? Oh, I also think that, that this increase in breakups is for those couples that stayed together for a long time. And remember when we were all in people's space all day long with those in our household, that also got really challenging. So I think like uh, Chanel said, it, it was all heightened. So it was heightened and also exaggerated. Like we were working together, teaching our kids together, cooking together, like it was just too much. And so I think that was also really stressful for couples and marriages. Yeah, I I definitely think sheltering in place disrupted the ability for couples to balance intimacy and autonomy. Not having that balance can make you feel you know, oh my gosh, I got to come home and look at this person again. Oh my gosh, I don't understand. And then on top of that, you have the stress of your job. Some people lost their jobs. They were worried about financial stuff. 
some people have lost loved ones that also added to this disruption and, and caused, you know, challenges of being in a relationship when you're sheltering in place like that all the time. I definitely hear what you're saying, Eunice. I also think that that those same things like bring people together. Mm -hmm. So I am curious to know about what the stats are for 2021, Mm -hmm. um, because I think that because people really, you know, had to think about what was important in life and they did see more, you know, death and, you know, more challenges. I think they probably had time to really figure out what they want. And now that they know what they want, they can go and find it. So I think that, you know, it's going to lead to more meaningful relationships if it hasn't already. I think the pandemic probably will help with that. You know, folks are just more kind of honest, more vulnerable because they're going Mm -hmm. through a lot of stuff and they don't have time to play around because they're like, I'm dealing with too much stress. I don't have time to play around. I know what I want. I know what I need. And if if you're not it, then I'm going to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So I really, I think you might have might actually have helped people develop more meaningful um, relationships. Yeah, that's such a good point, Kanisha. I think like more authentic relationships because we weren't always at our best. And so like, you know, if we're wearing sweatpants, if we're eating too much, if we're uh, just unhappy and stressed out, I think that's like more holistic as a self and you're so showing your true self. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would say that now, I don't know if I would have said that a year ago when, I was ready to uh, get some me time, but just couldn't get it. Going back to your original question, Lita, about kind of what we learned, you know, what was interesting is I came across um, a young lady's work who's a professor of psychology. I think her name was Joanne Davila, and she talked about romantic competence, which is kind of made up of a variety of things. And one is almost kind of like what I think about is that emotional intelligence, like kind of getting to know yourself know, you know, why you function the way you do, especially within your particular romantic life. And so she talked about having insight. So, you know, knowing your yourself better, like who you are and what you need and why you do the things you do, but also kind of knowing your partner's needs. And I think that that when you talk about the sheltering in, I think that that did a lot for people. And when I see that now people are having more meaningful relationships, I think it's because you know, romantically, they got a little bit more competent. It wasn't just like, okay, well, I don't understand why this person doesn't want to be bothered with me. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you need your time and space. I respect that. So I can say me for myself personally, I feel like I had more insight. You know, you, you think that you're like this romantic person and you know it all, you know, I'm only 25, but you know, I think (laughs) (laughs) I detect no stories. Okay. But no, seriously, you know, after living for the time period that I have, you know, I've leveled up in so many years that I thought that, you know, I knew what curtailed a great relationship. But I feel like COVID has really brought out more competency in in terms of keeping a romance. I agree with that. I think so. Yeah, I would agree with that also. But I could also like in my personal relationship with my husband, I could feel the shift of when we like were doing a lot of stuff together. And then when it was like back to work and we were strictly more autonomous, like 90% more autonomous. And it was just just a different shift in like, okay, so how do we spend time together now? Uh, so it was quite the opposite, really like flipped in terms of, you know, an intense amount of time together. And then it flipped to having to actually make that time. And I, I could feel that shift in the relationship. But do you feel like you're more prepared to 
deal with that shift and actually like you knew now how you could make more time because you've had you had to spend so much time during the pandemic together? Well, the pandemic still is like superimposed on everything. So it's still that we have the anxieties about how to manage COVID because we have different perspectives. And then on top of it, we have, you know, school-age children. So there's always that anxiety about them and what will have to happen if all of a sudden their school closes or like, you know, in terms of, or if one of us get it or if there's travel and one of us get in, we can't all go. Like it, you know, became, you know, kind of like this is the thing that's superimposed our whole life. It kind of depends, but it still went back to trying to figure out how to spend time together given the pandemic still, right? So it's like superimposed on everything still. Yeah, I think we gained real quick skills at coping with uncertainty because it like all came out and then now we're still in it. So we're not out of it, but exactly. if we got through the hard part, then maybe this will be a little less hard because we gained some of those coping strategies. And that reminds me of Dr. DeVito's second point of about romantic competency in which she talked about having mutuality. So understanding that, you know, both people have needs and both sets of needs are important because, you know, when you think about it, sometimes you're, you're looking at, well, this is what I need right now. I need to go and, you know, have people come to my house, but your partner may be feeling like, well, okay, are those people, you know, are they going to have masks on? Are you going to be responsible for, you know, the cleanup and all that stuff? Like just recognizing where people are coming from, I think is also important doing this, this post pandemic love and in particular for couples. Yeah, this pandemic has definitely tested, I think, strength of many, many relationships. And I think even for folks who are dating, I feel like, the pandemic kind of helps you gauge people's values very quickly. So, you know, just in terms of, do you believe in vaccination? Are you vaccinated? Do you believe in Mm -hmm. social distancing? Do you listen to facts or do you listen to fiction? Like, you know, I think it makes it, it, you know, it's like a quick litmus test. Let me see here. Uh, You don't believe in vaccination? Goodbye. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty much, that's where I stand. But, you know, I think in general, like, it helps because it, it just helps you get a, a quick uh, sense of what people's values are. And honestly, also how they manage, how they manage stress and uncertainty. Like we said, Leela, I think it definitely shows a lot about a person. You know, I've had some of my patients, cause I work with adults in my private practice and some of my patients have really questioned their friendships and like friends with other couples based on what you mentioned, Kanisha, different political views, not vaccinated. And they just, are not really friends with them anymore. So I think when we think about sort of this broad definition of relationships, it really affects not only, you know, those that we live with, but also sort of the outside people, like Eunice, you said, that we let in and and invite over. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, post-pandemic and COVID, when you think about relationships, that people are going to be more direct with what they want to know. Because a lot of times I think, in the beginning, you kind of dance around certain things like, you know, the different types of relationships. Like, okay, are you interested in a long-term commitment or are, is this just a hookup or, you know, a quick need for intimacy? Like, what, what is it that you're looking for? I feel like that that's probably what happened when people realized and, and had all those breakups that they realized that, that this relationship wasn't going to work because you guys don't have the same feelings. But I think going forward, I think a lot of couples now are not going to waste time with what are you looking for? I think they're going to ask that question directly. 
Yeah, that's actually one of the um, points in that Washington Post article about dating tips during the pandemic. Basically, people are very honest and direct and much more vulnerable than they used to be upfront um, in relationships, just for the reasons we discussed already. So um, absolutely. I agree. I, I actually encourage my patients to be upfront and first knowing what they want so that they can get what they want as opposed to just going along with the flow and then this doesn't work out and there's a bunch of different people on different pages. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, ladies. So enough of the data and statistics. Let's get real here. I want us to get a little bit deeper and talk about someone meaningful in our life and how that relationship has impacted our lives this year. So just think for a second, who would you like to talk about? And what would you like to say about how they've affected you? I can talk about my relationship. So I dropped my COVID boo in January Uh-oh. because for what we what we just were talking about, I knew we weren't in the same place. We were, didn't have the same values. Nothing was going to, you know, happen long term. So it was like, I'm done. You know, it's a new year. Let, let me move forward. So I met my current boyfriend online and... We have a lot in common, similar values, and we hit it off. And honestly, it has been like the most emotionally mature relationship I've ever had. Like it's been really, really wonderful. And it has really helped me to cope with everything that's going on during the pandemic at work, really during the pandemic and at work, because work has been a lot. And the pandemic in general is just a lot, it's just stressful overall. And then also, you know, I had some health issues that I've been dealing with this year as well. So that that relationship has helped me cope with everything. So it's been wonderful. That is just so lovely to hear, Kanisha. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. And this is just great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Since she was giving up on dating online. Almost. And I was like, did. Ken, get your butt on there. The feedback is <laughs> stuff is popping off. Get on you were right. You were so right. Do you have mm-hmm. like any recommendations for people who are now into the online dating or maybe long distance relationships? Like what would you it's tell? It's not it's not as hot as before. It's shift again. Okay, I'm getting really? different feedback mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's very different. It's a crapshoot right now again. It's back mm-hmm. in that that area. Some people are hitting it, some people are not, but not as much as the tail end of COVID or like, well, it's not the tail end. But when things started to like sort of die down and people were like, okay, I need something serious and I I want a long-term situation. You know, at the beginning, it was just like, okay, I just want to do all these hookup things. And then it was like, okay, so this virus is here to stay. So (laughs) I need to find somebody who fits into my life a a bit more long-term. I also think there's like a seasonal component to dating. I don't know if you see it in your practice, but it's like during the holidays, there's not as much out there. And then I hear my patients kind of talk about spring, you know, when everybody's out and about a little bit more, um, Mm. there tends to be some more fish in the sea. So I tell my single patients, you know, there is hope out there. Just keep trying or take a break during the holidays, spend time with your family and friends and get yourself back out there uh, come February or March. Well, you know why there's more fish in the sea in March, because they don't broke up doing with the winter Mm. pool and they want to do their economy. Mm -hmm. So now Mm -hmm. everybody free and out being their hotness. So that's what I personally think. You know, you're you're breaking (laughs) up. All the science is backed by this. It's not backed by science, but, you know, keep living and you'll see it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
I think in terms of pointers, I mean, I think the tips we talked, we spoke about, I think you need to figure out what you want. And I think the pandemic has helped a lot of people do just that. Like, what are your non-negotiables? And like, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to make that list, have your short list of non-negotiables and then do your little virtual dating screening so that, you know, first screen on video, do they look like their picture? You know, can you have a conversation? Do you have something in common? Is there any connection, chemistry at all? And if that doesn't work, then you could just, you know, be nice and say, nice talking to you. Thank you for your time, but I'm not interested moving along. I feel like if you do that, then you won't waste your time on a lot of people where, you know, the connection is never going to be real because you guys aren't even on the same page and they don't have your non-negotiables. I think you just have to me, you just have to be a little bit more, more serious about dating and then take it slower um, and not rushing the things and just, you know, I think that person will, you know, come along. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be patient. Yeah. Well, the key is to kind of know, is to know exactly what you want and absolutely. pick those things, not mm-hmm. pick things that just feel okay. And but you always have to reassess and like, okay, does this work for me? Does this work for me? Is this what I'm looking for? Because people tend to minimize those things, get in the heat of limerence or in the passion of that. And then when it dies off, it's like, okay, so I, I really don't want to be with this person. And I think also you have to be the person who would, how you want the treatment, right? So you can't, you know, say, oh, I want this man that is going to spoil me and buy me jewelry. Well, you don't even buy jewelry for yourself. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want this person who's going to, you know, take me out all the time and do this because it's one thing to want that. But I think you also have to be that. Um, and yep. then also reciprocate, you know, those mm-hmm. same things that you want. Somebody right. else would appreciate that, too. So it doesn't always have to be what you want. You know, speaking from the, the co-parenting side with a young child, I think for me, the biggest thing, like I said, I've learned is just kind of, you know, who I am and and kind of what I appreciate. And also knowing you know, who my child is and and who the co-parent is and what they appreciate. Because if you're going to introduce, you know, people into those lives and you kind of have to know those things before you bring somebody else up in in craziness. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to stick beside them. I love them. It works for you. You know, know, my crazy child, he ain't going to work (laughs) so. I think you're right. You said one thing that's important. I think it's you have to like reciprocate, like relationships are give and take. I think especially as women, I think we are kind of groomed to think everything's just about us. And, you know, we want to be treated so, you know, so well and we want to feel special and we want, we want, we want, we want. But the the other person wants the same thing. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, you have to also, you know be ready to give and not just to receive if you're going to be in a healthy relationship. And I will say that's, that's definitely something that I've learned over time. Cause I definitely was one of those people like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to do this and you need to take me mm-hmm. here, da, da, da. you know, but it's like, everyone has feelings. Everyone has wants and needs. Everyone has emotions. Like you have to think about the other person as well and not just be selfish basically. Yeah. To piggyback on that, I often tell my um, clients sometimes when I see them going in that me, me, me situation, it's like, you got to take one for the team. Like, you know, this ain't about you right now. Like it's a compromise. Relationships have two sides. This one you're going to have to take for the team. You'll take it back, but not right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So from the marriage perspective, what, um, Chanel and Lila, what do you guys think, you know, now that we've been through this pandemic, you know, what are some things that couples can do and not just keep, but, you know, grow beyond what they've built with the COVID times? What are some advice you would give the couples who are married? Yeah. So I think just uh, personally speaking, in my marriage, I learned that I can't take things personally all the time and Mm -hmm. that my husband comes from a history and past relationships and how that plays out. So when he's texting me, when are you coming home? To me, that's a trigger because I don't like to be told what to do. And Mm -hmm. so that's my trigger. But realizing for him, that's his check-in. Are you okay? Are you safe? you know, I'm thinking of you. And so once you can figure out, oh, this is where it's coming from and this is what it means, I think we've really learned to appreciate and work on our communication skills. I would still say we have a ways to go, as I've shared before. We've only been married three years. So think about it. Almost half our marriage has been during this pandemic, but I think we're both really patient with each other. We can talk things out. And I think we continue to show our gratitude for one another, knowing that we're very different personalities. We could still be really kind to one another, care for one another. Like Kanisha saying, like to try to make it, you know, if you like to stay in and cuddle up and watch a movie, I'll do that with you one night. And then I'm going to go to Kanisha's the next night, you know, Mm -hmm. try to figure it out a little bit. But yeah, I think it's taught me quite a lot um, to be patient and also to show gratitude. It is very important. I don't know where I read this from, but to, you know, once in a while, tell your partner, thank you. You know, we've been through a whole traumatic event with COVID and, you know, you don't really think that that's important, but, you know, thank you for getting up this morning and getting the child ready for school or, you know, thank you for thinking enough to, you know, bring me some, you know, orange juice too, you know, whatever the simple thing may do. But like you said, show gratitude towards each other and just say, thank you. That goes a long way, I think as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone wants to feel like, you know, appreciated. Um, yeah, appreciated. absolutely. That's huge. That's huge. Chanel, anything you'd like to add, Chanel, about being um, married with children? I think nonverbal communication became more salient to me. Just, and I'm sure everybody, you know, heard all this rhetoric about the different types of love languages and how people express their love you know, that became like really salient to me, like pre and post, like during the pandemic, like we were in things together. So, you know, it was a bit more different, but then, you know, as, as we started to get back to work, a lot of stuff was being added on to me with the kids going back to school and all these kinds of stuff. And my love language is acts of service, you know, words of affirmation and those kinds of things. And his, he likes to buy me stuff and not necessarily help with like doing stuff with the kids, which I need more help with. So so I had to learn how to communicate my needs more effectively and not Mm -hmm. so sharply. (laughs) (laughs) In a way that I still can get my point across. All right. Um, So I'm still working on that. You guys can see the eyes on what's going on right now with Chanel. (laughs) (laughs) So I found this article and I know our listeners like tips. And so I'm going to give you all the top 10, especially for those listeners who are married with children. So here we have be loving. Check. We talked about that. Show gratitude. 
brought that up. Do not try to take on their emotion. So, you know, like if somebody's mad at you, you kind of like get mad back, right? Mm-hmm. So try not to like feel what they're feeling. Take a step back. So and regulate your own emotions is essentially what that is, right? Regulate mm-hmm. your own emotions. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Encourage one another. Don't try to one up each other. Don't beat up on your body in front of your man. I thought that was really critical because you know a lot of us. Yeah, a lot of women like, do that. We'll do that. Right? Body image, body, yeah. body image issues. Men tell us we're beautiful. Make time for one another. Be patient with each other. And R E S P E C T. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now that mm-hmm. goes for any relationship. So I know Lila said marry with children, but I'm not sure. No, that's all relationships. Got, that's all relationships. That's, that's just, all relationships. Those are just relationship yeah. tips. Those are wonderful. Now, mm-hmm. nowhere in those tips do I see anything about sexual intimacy. So let's, you know, not pretend like that's not a part of the relationship. So one of the things I saw online, which I thought was so funny, is one of the most searched questions during the pandemic was, is it safe? to be intimate with, with someone. So like sex, touching, kissing, that was literally one of the top questions of 2020 and 2021. Is it safe given the pandemic? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, okay. it's safe. And mm. that was like, that's all people were asking. <laughs> so mm. I'm like, some people's love language is physical touch, which is one of my love languages. And I think, you know, it's just, that's also really important to think about how folks like myself, where that's your primary love language, how that might have been impacted by the pandemic and how that, you know, might actually be leading to potential like negative kind of consequences for folks. So I think it's important to also think about that and make sure that your physical intimacy is is not suffering just because of the pandemic. Absolutely. And I think the word safe to me brings up like safety also, like even in a marriage, right? Is it consensual? Do you feel like having sex tonight? Do you feel like physical intimacy And I think talking about it, like really being open, right? We can get into the same old, same routines, but I think just really talking about what your wants and needs are and and respecting that safety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about all the folks who like have to isolate their own homes for a long time and just thinking about what, what that does for, this is for couples, but also for, you know, kids and their parents, like people like to snuggle and cuddle and all this stuff. And it's really hard when people have to be in different parts of the house, you know what I mean? And you can't see Mm -hmm. the person for 10 days. And so, you know, I think that's also part of the struggle. And so just acknowledging that that might be an issue and even like going out, even at work, like people are scared to hug, to shake hands. Like, you know, one of my patients the other day, I was like, oh, you probably don't have to come back. I was like, you're doing really well. I think you're good. You know what I mean? They're like, what? I'm going to miss you. And I was like, oh, at first I was like, can I give him a hug? Can I give him a hug? And I was like, oh, I'll just give him a hug, whatever. But it's really hard. It's, it's tough. It's like the things you normally would do without really thinking about it. Like you can't, you know, really, you feel like you can't do it and be safe during the pandemic. So, you know, I think that definitely can cause some, some issues for a lot of people. Yeah, I was telling in the, in the beginning, telling people, well, you can touch a toe, and that's about it. Pound it out and touch a toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even with extended family members, you know, when my in-laws came over, I remember like fist bumping my, you know, or elbow bumping my mother-in-law. And then we sort of warmed up and we're like, okay, let's be affectionate like we are. But that initial, like, should I be doing this? Should I? Is that other person going to want this? It was really tough. Especially with yeah. now how we're transitioning almost back to a normalcy, right? Like it's like, okay, 
Can I touch people? Is it okay? Like I still ask, you know, is it okay if I give you a hug? Because I think even now, some there are some people who, you know, they are doing a lot of more touching, but there are still people who are, who are still hesitant about um, showing that physical touch and stuff. Touching. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough, especially now with Omicron and there are basically like more restrictions coming up. It's in the holiday, you know, Christmas holiday and Hanukkah and everything is coming up. And it's just like it's going to be I feel like things are going to get a little worse, honestly, before they get better, which is kind of sad. So um, I think that gratitude and that show and love is going to be really important over the next few months. Yeah, definitely. So as we're getting into the holidays, this officially, ladies, will be our last episode for the year. And, you know, be safe, be cautious. If you're gathering with your loved ones for those indoor gatherings, to Kenesha's point, I think we just received an email. Uh, There's an alert all throughout the university last week, like no more indoor gathering. So I think it is putting, you know, a wedge into some people's travel plans and rethinking the ways that people want to get together. Um, particularly for those who might have small children who are not able to get vaccinated yet. So as we wrap up this year, any other tips or thoughts you all wanted to share? Live life to the fullest, develop meaningful connections, you know, do what's important to you. Because love is what love does. So be careful how you love, I guess. I think the more insight you have about yourself, the more rich and deeper connections you're able to make. So do the work. Thank you so much for sharing all those insights. All right. Well, we will see you in 2022. Happy holidays and happy new year. Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening to our podcast today. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Melanin Hughes Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram at Melanin Hughes Podcast. And you can also go to our website at www.melaninhughespodcast.com. 